Leaders in Worship podcast, episode 14. Welcome back to the Leaders in Worship podcast. I am your host, Matt Perkins. I am so glad that you tuned in today. Today is going to be an incredible show. I have my wife, Mary Beth. Uh, We've been married for 23 years, and uh, before that we were dating. We actually met uh, when we were 15 years old and uh, dated through high school, then got married when we were in college. And so all of our life has been uh, involved in ministry, and that's how we've kind of grown up. We weren't pastor's kids, um, but we were involved in in church, and that's kind of how we grew up was around church. And so I thought, hey, on this uh, February 14th, what better way to release a show than to have Mary Beth on the show with me? And so we're going to give you kind of a peek into our life and how we function or or dysfunction in ministry and family life and uh, but we we have an incredible time just doing life together and uh, functioning in ministry uh, as a family. Hey, I want to let you know about an upcoming worship conference, consumed worship conference, and this is going to be held February 28th through March 2nd, and you can find out more information at consumedconference.com. There's also a promo code. You can save $10 by entering the promo code LEADER, and that will take $10 off of your registration, consumedconference.com. We have some incredible things in store for you at that conference. Ricardo Sanchez, Jared Anderson, Rory Nolan, Jake Hamilton of Jesus Culture Music, Uh, We have Brian Tully, a leadership coach, that is going to be with us. We have a special panel from pastors, senior pastors, that are uh, going to give us a special snapshot look of what it's like on the other side of the desk, maybe the pressures, some of the things that senior pastors go through, and how we can help them and assist them as they lead our churches. There's so many. There's over 30 breakout sessions that are happening at this conference. So go to consumedconference.com and you can find out all the information right there. If you have any questions or comments on the show today, you can email feedback at leadersinworship.com or you can email me directly, matt at leadersinworship.com. Well, today on the Leaders in Worship podcast, we're going to talk about marriage in ministry and some of the uh, challenges, but mostly the uh, the joys and rewards of doing life together in ministry and marriage. And uh, why don't you give us a little background of how you were brought up, Mary Beth, and uh, then we'll just kind of take it take it from there and talk about some of the some of the things we've gone through in life. Okay, I was raised in a Christian home. Both my mom and my dad served God and were very involved in our local church and ministry and taught me that it was very important to attend church on a regular basis and that it was important for my spiritual life, that I that is where I would go and gain encouragement from others and also have people and be in relationship with people that would also help 
to keep me on the right path in my Christian walk. So that was a very vital part of my life that attending church and having a relationship with others would help build my relationship with Christ. What do you feel was one of your influences in going into ministry? Like when did you feel kind of a call to pursue ministry? And what were some of the influences that led to that? I felt called to ministry around the age of 15, 16, I think. And I grew up in a small town in Illinois, and the church that I attended was small. We had a pastor, a senior pastor and wife, his wife, and that was the only paid staff positions as far as pastoral positions at the church. And my pastor's wife at that time was instrumental in helping me discern that I was called to ministry and helping me work through all of that. I didn't really understand what that meant. And to be honest, it scared me because I didn't know what that meant. And so she helped me kind of navigate through all of that and discern what um, God was calling me to. You were very involved also in ministry, even as as a teen, you know, playing piano in your church and being involved in, in all of that. Now, we actually met at a youth camp, and we were going to an Illinois youth camp, and um, that's when I first met your pastor's wife as well. And yes. uh, those times, I think at, at youth camp, those were important times that, you know, God was really speaking into my life. I know in that that camp, actually it was the summer camp that we met, um, that's when I first really felt like there was a call into ministry on on my life. When you started to feel that call in ministry, when did that kind of start taking shape um, on what that was going to look like, or was it actually a, a process of working that out through your high school? That... It was a process of working it out. I knew, probably struggled with being called to ministry for possibly a year. I, it's hard to remember, but I know that it was a struggle. And my pastor and his wife could tell before I even verbalized to them that I was called to ministry that God was working on my heart. And they would say things to me like, God is working on your heart. You're, you are called to ministry. And I would just say, no, I'm not. But they continued to talk to me about it. And then as I opened up and shared my concerns and fears, they would just sit and listen and then pray. And one phrase that my pastor's wife said to me at one point, and I think it was at camp, at the altar, she just said that God just wanted me to be willing to be willing. And that has always stuck with me. I was so concerned about what he was calling me to do and where he would take me geographically that 
I was forgetting that he just wanted me to be willing to be willing. And that really made sense to me then. And from that point on, that's just what I told God. I'm willing to be willing. And then as the process, I was interested in music. I played piano, but I wasn't fully involved. I took some piano lessons, but at that point in my life, I wasn't taking lessons any longer. So as I began to pray and seek God and get more advice, I just realized that that was a talent of music that I had. And I began to work on that and then went on in the process as I was pursuing college then and music was an interest I just decided that I would major in music and just take that step to be willing well you know we got married early on actually in college so for a lot of our our lives has been kind of really has been that process I think all of it has been just being willing to take that next step maybe not knowing what that next step even is um, and we found ourselves living in some pretty cool places. <laughs> and it's been fun that we've been on a journey for now being married for 23 years, almost 24. Uh, we have two teenage daughters. And that is the most rewarding part, I mean, to me, in ministry, to have the girls love and thrive on being at church being involved in ministry, having a solid youth ministry that they can be a part of. And I think the biggest thing of what, you know, you were saying, um, Mike and Sherry Massey were uh, your pastors growing up. And I think in both of our lives, one of the biggest reasons why we kind of pursued ministry early on was from examples that we had. You know, we were always you know, fairly close to our pastors in my family. We grew up, you know, 30 minutes away from each other. So even though we met at a youth camp, we were at different, different towns. Our, uh, our dating life, we dated through, we dated through high school, but, um, we would see each other one night, one yes. weekend night. Yes. And, um, uh, texting was not, no. not a part of that. We had, uh, <laughs> uh we did have push button phones but uh um our phone was in the kitchen uh, i don't know was your yes your in, phone the was in the kitchen yeah so so it wasn't like we were uh we were off texting each other all the time we uh we could talk um limited number of times during the week and yes but i think the biggest thing is we had people that were involved in our lives that were godly people and that you know it wasn't through some mentoring program, but that's just, that's what it was. We had great people in our lives, great parents. My dad had, had passed away when I was 14, so um, at that time when we had met, it was just, you know, I'm the youngest of six, so it was just me and my mom, so that's what our dates were most of the time, was going out with our parents right. and going to eat, and uh, your dad loved Red Lobster, so yes. I was always up for uh, for doing that. <laughs> But we're just a couple weeks away from the Consumed Worship Conference. This is uh, this is going to be 
a phenomenal time, and I'm so excited about this. But Mary Beth, you are teaching one of the breakout sessions, and it's called Mommy Ministry and Mentoring. And I think that's what you've been talking about. You've seen mentoring involved in your life. What are some of the things that you feel, whether it's with the girls or with other people that are uh, in ministry, not necessarily that they're younger people, they could be, but just um, mentoring other women, what are some of the things that you really thrive on with that? Because I know that's that's a big part of your heart for ministry. Well, mentoring to me is about relationship. And there are several ways and different ways that people go about mentoring. And some people choose to do it more as a mentoring class or they will set up like one-to-one mentoring and where it's specific where you know that I desire you're basically saying I desire to be mentored and then the person is mentoring you I have really had role models that do it more through relationship where they didn't necessarily say to me I am your mentor but they established relationship with me and be out of that relationship they did mentor me and that is just the way that I feel that I do that in our ministry and in my life that God leads me to people um, and I build relationship with them sometimes God speaks to me and will lead me and say this is a person that you know I have placed you in their life to mentor them I don't necessarily go up to them and say oh hi my name is Mary Beth and God told me to mentor you no I just introduce myself and then allow God to build relationship and sometimes that may take several years to be honest and then I just have to trust God that he if he has spoken that to me and laid that on my heart that he will make those things happen because ultimately it's not about me it's about what God is wanting to do in that person's life and then other times to be honest it just happens you're just drawn to people and you connect with them and you find that you have been able to mentor them and pour into their life and it's usually mutual iron sharpens iron and so we learn from each other I don't feel like just because someone is younger in age or even younger in Christ we can all learn from each other and there are things that I can learn from someone that I may be mentoring or feel like I'm mentoring but we can all learn from each other so it's more of a lifestyle and about relationship you know I mentioned we have two teenage daughters you know we joke around we have a lot of fun at home and so we'll talk and make jokes and you know bust on each other but uh, I've also watched that same thing with our girls kind of going into some some 
personal habits in their spiritual life and some of the disciplines that I remember seeing in your mom when I was at at your parents' house and I was with you guys on a Sunday afternoon. You know, I always remember your mom after uh, lunch, then she would sit and read her Bible in the afternoon. And, um, you know, so she she would go through those disciplines. But I always remembered seeing her, you know, that's, that's just a way of life. Um, and you've modeled that for our girls. Now, do you feel like they're put on a pedestal in ministry or maybe there are expectations, not that you're, you know, whether put on a pedestal is the right word or not, but do you think that there's some pressures that like they're always being watched as pastor's kids? Well, I don't think that we've ever given them a reason to think that. We've never said that you're privileged because you are a pastor's kid. And I think that because we haven't exaggerated the privileges that then the negative aspects have not been exaggerated. Even now as teenagers, they're always not going to respond the way that they need to. And just being willing to say, that's okay because we don't either. No one is perfect. But acknowledging that they did something wrong and then moving on. Now, some of the, uh, you know, we look at when you talk about some of those those privileges, I think, I guess some of the challenges in ministry and family life in ministry can be the hours. You know, with that, we try and we try and do a lot of things together as a family. One of the things that we um, let our our team and staff know um, in our worship ministry that they're a part of us, and so uh, we're all the four of us are a team. And I think that's maybe been some of the things that have helped. Yeah, when you when your kids are small, babies and toddlers and just starting school they're in elementary and it's hard sometimes to balance you have responsibilities at church both of you do in ministry and then you have small kids at home that need you and they don't understand if you say I have to be somewhere you know a one-year-old does not understand that you have responsibilities and you may not be able to be at their, you know, beck and call and that you have to be gone at some points. So it's hard to balance all of that. But I think when you can establish at a young age that you're there for your kids and that they are important, God obviously is first priority and then your spouse and then your kids and then ministry for God. And so many times it's easy to get all of that just out of line. We think ministry is the same as our relationship with God and they're two different things. Our relationship with God is number one. He is number one and a little bit down the line is the work that we do for him, our ministry. And so just establishing 
in your marriage relationship, how you are going to operate and how you are going to manage taking care of the kids and having your relationship with your children because it's important when they're babies, it's important when they're toddlers, it's important when they're in elementary school, when they're in junior high, and when they're in high school. They don't quit needing you. They don't quit needing your time and attention. And you just have to establish that whatever works, whatever is going to work best for you, that I am going to be available to my kids. And when, if there is an emergency for someone in, you know, your ministry or your church or a friend that you feel like you need to be there, God usually works the details out and takes care of your kids. And those times are when God just, he works it out and you know that your kids are going to be okay. And you go in, minister to the people uh, that need your help at that moment. And the kids, when that has been modeled to them, then, and it's not an all the time, it's not, oh, well, they need me. It's a true emergency because very rarely is something a true emergency where it cannot wait. And so when it is a true emergency, kids understand and they know and even if it inconveniences them when they get older, they understand because that's been the way of life. It's not just that we're blowing them off or or just pushing them to the side for someone who just needs to talk through because of a small a small issue or maybe what is big issue to them, but just talking through something. It's the the counseling sessions most of the time can wait. They can be scheduled for an appointment. It doesn't mean that you have to keep your kids out late at church and go, you know, stay two hours past church and keep them out on a school night when they're in elementary school. That can be scheduled later. When the kids, especially when they were they were younger, um, and it took me, it took me a lot to get a handle on it, and I don't always have it figured out. Um, I try, but I remember even when the girls were younger that you would, you would give me feedback of just saying, Hey Matt, um, the girls really need you and you really need to be home by this time. And, um, because you can get wrapped up and, and if you are, if you are the one that people are calling and they need your help and all of that, um, you really have to just know, um, you know, your family needs you above any of that. Yes, our role in ministry, that's what we do, that's kind of how we live. But your family, your kids and your wife are going to go on where your, where your ministry, at some point, you may not be the person that's leading worship there. And, um, but you don't want to neglect and miss that time out with your kids with your spouse now let me let me throw a question here uh with ministry so what's your response and what would you tell 
other ladies um, if people would come up or you catch wind that uh, somebody's criticizing me or criticizing their their husband what would you say because it's they can mess with you I know probably a lot of women are like that they can mess with you but if they start messing with your with your husband or your spouse um, it's time to put the dukes up and and go <laughs> um, what but in ministry you can't you can't just you know go off I mean you're you're there you're ministering to people there's you know you have to you have to be um, kind of delicate in some of those situations. What would you say to that guy? Doesn't sing. He doesn't sing the songs I like. He, I don't know. He's just not like. He's not like that other singer. He's not like what. What are those things that uh, you go? Huh. This is what I would say you should probably do. Well, from experience, I haven't always handled that in the right way. I have. Probably at times, well, I know I have, um, let my frustration or anger show, which it's very hard to do. But when someone is coming to you personally, and it's different if someone's telling you about it versus someone's coming to you and they're the ones that is griping about it. Just to take a a deep breath and ask God to just control your tongue and that you can just stay as calm as possible and then have someone who you can trust that you can talk to, that you can vent to that they're, it's a safe place for you, that they're not going to go and tell other people what you said and how frustrated you were. When someone approaches me and it's, they are the ones that are complaining about Matt, it depends on the tone and the way that they're saying it. If it is someone that we trust in our circle of influence and they're doing it out of love, which most of the time, if they're doing it out of love, they're going to go to Matt themselves and they're going to share with him. But occasionally, if it might be another female, they may come to me and ask my opinion or advice. But that's a different, that is different than being critical or trying to cause dissension in our ministry. And when they come to me and it's coming straight from them, I usually very sternly just let them know that they're out of line and that, especially if they're involved in our ministry, that they cannot have those feelings against Matt and be in our ministry because he is the leader and God's called him there and placed him in that position and you know that his door is open for them to come and talk to him but just really letting them know that telling me isn't going to change 
the way that we operate in our ministry or change the way that he approaches things and just letting them know, really just stopping it right there. What do you feel are some of the things or maybe the one thing that has made um, ministry and marriage for us work? Well, we've always operated as a team in ministry working together. Not necessarily, I don't lead worship with you, but I recognize my gifts and I have used where I'm gifted at in our ministry and found ways to that we can work together. Just knowing what your gifts and talents are and knowing what God has called you to do at different places where you're at and being comfortable with that as a woman. Yeah, and I think for um you know, for the husbands, um guys make sure that you are listening to maybe some of the things that they might have some discernment on. Um there are things that Mary Beth, you you have um you know, discerned some things, you know, in previous um areas of ministry of just saying, hey, Matt, watch out for this or be careful about this. And, um, you know, initially I might have just brushed it off and said, ah, you, you know, it's fine. Don't, don't worry. And, um, but uh, then going down, going, ooh, I, I need to make sure that I'm, I'm listening. And, and I think having that open communication that, you know, we talk about, we talk about ministry, we talk about, um, you know, some of the things that we, we love about ministry. We talk about some of the challenges, but the way we operate in ministry is what works for us. And I think that's one of the things that you were, you were saying earlier is you have to find out what works for your marriage. You have to find out what works for your ministry and flow in that. Find out what things you, uh, you each do well and recognize uh, the gifts and strengths that each of you have, you know, our our giftings and strengths are are different. I know that you know I can be, you know, running way down the road, and you're asking, okay, well that's a great idea, but how do you plan on implementing it? Because you need to do A, B, C, and D. Have you thought about that? You know, and early on that would frustrate me because I'm like, you're you're <laughs> such a killjoy, you know, why are you bringing out all these deeds? I just want to have fun, you know, I just, I see this great idea and I want to run with it. And, um, you know, I forget that you have, you know, there's, there's checklists involved. There's things that, there's <laughs> things that have to be covered. And, um, and I think it, it became more just relaxing in ministry the other thing is finding out what things your your wife or your spouse need that will allow them to feel fulfilled in ministry. For Mary Beth, you know, change, that's not, you know, you're not one that every year and a half you want to up and pack boxes and move. You no. like stability. Yes. And, um, and that's a good thing because, uh, man, you can... You can thrive on change, and you start feeding on adrenaline, and it can really derail you in ministry if you're just, you know, always looking for 
something that's the bigger, better deal or something exciting and thrilling. And and now we've lived in a lot of different areas from uh, Denver. We lived in the San Francisco area for a short bit. Uh, we were in uh, Wisconsin, yes. um, Illinois, um, just outside of St. Louis, and um, now Orlando. I guess the thing is, you know, having that open communication, knowing um, there are going to be tough days and you're going to have to have tough conversations and they're difficult to have, but you have to talk through them. And knowing that you can't give up too soon, I guess is another another thing in speaking to that. Um, and I know that you've you've given other people and other pastors, wives, or just couples, some advice of that, not giving up too soon, sticking in and um, going through the difficult times to make transition. Yeah. When you first move to a place, it takes a while to get established, to even get your home all together and make the place that you've moved into a home for your family and usually when you're moving in your husband has he may have a few days or at sometimes a week but it seems like a week is a long time but um, not as long as we may need and they have to get to work and get established in the office and get established in ministry and get things going there and it just takes a while to get your home established to get friendships established and to get used to life at your new place of ministry the church um, figuring out where to go in the city or town where you live, where to grocery shop, get your hair cut, doctors for kids. It just takes time to navigate through all of that. And the littlest frustration sometimes can throw you off. And just realizing and trusting God that he's going to see you through, making through, making it through the transition and to decide that you're going to weather the tough days and choose to try and focus on the blessings that God has sent your way and to decide that God has called you to the place even during the tough times, even when it seems like you want to run away and not stay there that your spirit that your heart the innermost being that you know that God has spoken to that you're no not going on what is around you and what you're feeling and what your physical eyes are seeing and sometimes that can be very difficult because you can face also challenges in staff relationships and that can really um, cause you to lose focus and uh, another thing that I've learned through some of the transitions is that 
allowing God to change my heart and to speak to me about the changes that need to take place in my heart instead of noticing what I think needs to be changed in other people. And that sounds so easy and maybe cliche, but at the heart of it, it isn't that when the rubber meets the road, so to speak, that we're not placing the blame and in ministry on other people, that we are taking responsibility. And so many times we can just look at the situation and blame others and say that we are wronged and say that we didn't have a part in what took place, that we were totally right, and that can never really be the case. Even in many instances in church life and in staff relations and all of those things, no one is always right in in the whole entire situation and just allowing God to show you where the areas where he wants to change and rearrange your heart to make it more like his. And then it's amazing how your attitude will change because you're allowing him to change you and not focusing on what you would like to see changed. Well, you know, we've had uh, different experiences in different size churches. We've been in uh, new startup churches to large church, you know, large staff staff settings. So there's been a a wide variety of of things that we've come across. Um, but ultimately, I can say I am um, I'm happy in in our life um, together. You know, first, you know, above ministry. But I love the fact that we can do ministry together. And what that looks like, I I think changes over time. Obviously, as um, kids are growing up, you know it it looks uh, looks different when they're toddlers as it does when they're you know in middle school and high school. Um, but I think what Mary Beth had had mentioned that was one of the things, the statements that she even still goes back to was her pastor's wife of saying um, at a youth camp as a 15-year-old uh, going back and saying, you just have to be willing to be willing. And I think those those times when we are really facing the difficult situations in life and in ministry, um, we have to be willing to be willing to have the tough conversations we have to be willing to um, see it through those times and just say we're going to make it through this and um, and we're going to we're going to have a great marriage. We are going to have uh, a great family life, and we're going to have a great time in ministry together. Yes, there are going to be ups and downs of ministry, and that just goes with the territory, but. But I am most thankful for um, the fact that we get to go through this journey together. And, you know, I hope that you have enjoyed this time uh, just kind of listening, maybe giving you a, a snapshot of kind of what our our life um, in a, a small part is like and maybe what our our view of of life in ministry 
together as a family and um, in marriage is like. And maybe you have some questions or comments that you would like to send in. You can just send those to Matt at Leaders in Worship, or you can also send it to just simply feedback at leadersinworship.com. And uh, send us your questions, your thoughts, your comments. And if you have listened through iTunes, you subscribe there and download it off of iTunes. If you could just leave us a maybe a starred rating and a written review, we would love it, and we would love to hear back from you. And if you have a question for Mary Beth, in that role of a, um, a wife or a woman in ministry, please just email us, feedback at leadersinworship.com, and we would love to hear from you. Well, I want to remind you about the Consumed Worship Conference, and that is coming up very soon, February 28th through March 2nd, and we have an incredible lineup, and we've already been talking about some of the breakout sessions that are going to be for women in ministry, um, uh, worship leaders. Um, Mary Beth is going to be teaching a one breakout on approaching the throne and, and going into worship, and then this other one that we are talking about, Mommy Ministry and Mentoring, and she'll be talking into that. It's, it's going to be an incredible time. If you enter the promo code, you can find out more information. Go to consumedconference.com. You can enter the promo code LEADER, and that will save $10 off of your registration fee. And we would love for you to be with us at the Consumed Conference. Hey, what better place in the end of February, 1st of March, than to hang out in Central Florida? It's at Faith Assembly in Orlando, Florida. We have Ricardo Sanchez that will be with us, Jared Anderson, Rory Nolan, the author of The Heart of the Artist. We have Jake Hamilton of Jesus Culture Music. Jake is going to be uh, with us in some of our breakout sessions, some of our uh, during-the-day sessions that we're having, general sessions. It is going to be phenomenal. So I hope that you will go and register today. We want to make sure that you are here. And if you have any other questions, you can call about the the conference at 407-581-7702. You can find out that information on the consumedconference.com website. You'll find all of this information as well in our show notes and that we hope you have an incredible week of ministry and um, just be willing to be willing, as Mary Beth was talking about. Well, God bless you and have an incredible week.